0: The 2nd Annual Female Filmmakers Festival Berlin identified a variety of international films, shorts, and music videos of all genres to bring to the big screen in 2020, 66 films and music videos from 25 different countries. Wow, what a feat! Awarding 15 different categories, the festival added a green award this year and has shattered all diversity and inclusion milestones setting a standard both in europe and across the globe as to how all organizations should celebrate the talents of women and the underrepresented in both film and music media industries my name is jules sparks and i am your host of this year's female filmmakers festival women in film podcast thanks for tuning in It's great to be here uh, with Mary Stevens. She is the director of The Memory of Water and she is one of our uh, filmmakers that's going to, um, basically her film's gonna be screened this year in the Female Filmmakers Film Festival in Berlin. How are you doing today, Mary? Hello. Hi, I'm doing fine. I'm in Paris. Oh wow Patty Wee oui, oui. yes. <laughs> <That's great>. we <laughs> super so what's going on in Paris these days how's, uh, uh, how's the uh the...
1: uh we are not locked up we are sort of sitting at home well i'm I'm editing a film, so that's fine with me but uh still we're we're a little bit worried,
0: yeah, uh just because of like the the restrictions and the the increase of uh covid nineteen again or
1: Yes, it's it's really the increase that's that's. Uh, I mean, you know, as you can see, I'm Asian, so so basically we have a different approach to this uh, to this uh, virus, and, and it's a little bit frustrating to see that it's like a, it's just still spreading and spreading and spreading in Europe.
0: Yep. Yep. That's crazy. Um, do you think that uh, it's impacted your work? Cause you just actually said you're editing a film. Like, do you feel yeah. like you're getting more work or less work during COVID as it relates to like your but editing?
1: Actually, it, it doesn't make any difference at all because I, I usually, I, I think that you, you may know, I'm basically, I mean, I'm more, uh, I spend more time as a film editor than a film director and um And so nowadays, I mean, like a lot of the films that I edit are actually uh, directors who send me hard disks, hard drives and I edit at home. So it really doesn't make a lot of difference for Uh my work.
0: So a lot of the films that you're editing though, were they like, obviously they were made before like COVID and the 19, uh, you know, before like the lockdown or are, I mean, are you seeing also an increase of like creative projects being created in different shapes and forms actually during the lockdown and when people aren't weren't actually going out in public.
1: Well there are two things. There's this one thing is that during the lockdown we were asked um, you know by by cer- certain people have started initiatives of making lockdown films. We were actually asked to contribute to this which which was very interesting a very interesting experience. Uh, but the, the, the film that I'm editing now, it's actually a Japanese feature documentary. And the only difference, I mean, of course, is that it would have been that the editor would, would have gone to Japan to do it, or the director would have come to France against co-production. Uh, so that's the co-production. So that really is the difference is that we can't do that right now. So I'm, I'm editing here and he's sitting over there.
0: But I still bet you're being as productive. Isn't that also interesting? Maybe like uh, I think people are realizing that working differently doesn't mean that you're not working the same, (laughs) in a different way. So that's excellent. Excellent.
1: Totally.
0: You're saving the environment. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Not so so many months or or hours on airplanes. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, Mary, tell us a little bit about um, the creative inspiration there was behind the making of uh, The Memory of Water.
1: Well, The Memory of Water actually came out, I mean, you know, I have this idea like many years ago, many, many decades ago, because I'm the OD in your festival, really. um, the, the, The thing is that it was a feature film script. And it was basically a story about uh, a girl who was looking for her her cultural identity. So after all these years, uh, I was given an opportunity two years ago to uh, do a short film for a series of shorts for a, an omnibus film for um, a university I was teaching in in Hong Kong. So I decided to make the young woman character to into a mature woman character and still this look, this search for uh, cultural identity in a sort of comedy form and in a short film form.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting. I mean, like, I think a lot of people like are searching for their identity, like whether it's COVID time where they're stuck on their, they've been stuck on their couches for two to three months or also um, as we mature um, as women, I think I also have gone through some of that because I'm originally from Wichita, Kansas, obviously being black in America, but then like, going to college on the East Coast, living in Japan, the first four years of my career, then going back to America, (laughs) Uh then now living in Germany, I think the one thing that I realized is that like, I think my identity was always there. But I think I've been surrounded by people who have questioned my identity. And I think the older you get, uh, there's only so much of a shield that you can have, like to protect yourself. And like, all that encompasses you, like your culture and things like that, yeah. and it's amazing because it's a little bit like science. Because I remember even when I was in Japan, yeah. Oh, you're gonna love this story. Yeah. Okay, let's. When I was in like uh, Japan, uh, I remember walking in. I lived in scuba. Okay. The countryside. So I'm not talking about Tokyo. I'm talking about I was down in the countryside yeah. with the yeah. Japanese, and I remember walking into the office uh, the first time, like obnoxious American, of course, okay. and they said to me, "Ohio, oh, Gazaima Mas, yeah. yeah. and of course I was like, "Hey, hello, <laughs> <laughs> whatever," you know, typical American, right? Okay. And you know what? Intre- what happened is, like throughout that like time period. I ended up being the one walking into the office saying, oh, hi, right. and then they were saying to me, hi, Jewel, how are you doing? What did you do this weekend? Like, it was like this, like literally this like yeah. change that happened without us being aware this right. awesome. Exactly.
1: exactly.
0: That happened over time. Yeah. And, and actually when I came back or went back to America, mm-hmm. like I, I, I mean, People were like, "Who are you? Are you there? In there?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm still here." But it was just, it was like a different form of identity. Yeah. Of yeah, I
1: think that we we have similar stories because <laughs> I mean I, I mean I I was born in Hong Kong, but uh, but my family immigrated to Canada when I was 15. So, yes, and then I came by myself to France because I like, loved the French New Wave. So now I live in France, I'm a French uh, uh, resident, but I'm not a French national. I still have my Canadian passport, I go yep. with my Canadian passport. So it's very complicated when I go through borders, you know, like, yes. yeah, because kind of yeah.
0: Yeah, at first they just don't, they, first of all, they don't even want to believe or say you're Canadian. They right. want to be like, where exactly are exactly.
1: you from? Yes, yes.
0: I mean, it's like crazy. I mean, it's just like me also being American. Like, I mean, it's like either people want to say I'm African or then I say I'm American from San Francisco. Then they're like, oh my God, I love San Francisco. It's like really weird. Anyway, so Uh, let's get back on point. But anyway, (laughs) so I just wanted to share that story because I think it goes back to what you were saying about like this searching for identity. And I think depending on your environment and your experiences, like you may be, you know, secure with who you are, but I think your environments also yeah. change, and, yeah. and then they integrate and diversify who you are, yeah. and then we're always evolving, yeah. right? In
1: fact, I don't even question it myself anymore. And then, and that 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 comes back to the film It's that I wanted to do something in a comedy form. You know, so it's like yes, not not a not a you know like soul searching, uh, looking for a yeah thing, but. Since she's a teacher in the film, so there's a sort of also an older woman and a younger woman, the her yes. kind of relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, and we have to laugh at ourselves, you know, yes. like I mean, the, the way things are in general, too, is also important to laugh at ourselves. So, um, what typically drives you to create and fuels this passion? Because you had mentioned. Uh, to me, prior to us uh, getting, you know, into this uh, podcast about like every ten years or so, you create something yourself. So, what <laughs> yeah. is that that motivates you to create your own project?
1: Well, I, I, for, first of all, I first came to France trying to make my own films, and and I did make two features, and then I met Eric Romer and I became his film editor. So the, the, he he was so I mean like you know he was producing a Making a film a year, so basically the next decades I I, I w- was working for him, and then I started to work a lot in recent years with young filmmakers editing their films or producing their films. So it's like a, it's it's just time. It's like every ten years or so, or every fifteen years even, I suddenly wake up and say, okay, you know, how about myself? Or in in fact, I always have something ongoing. I, I always have like two or three projects ongoing. It just takes me a long time to sit down to have the time to make these films. So, so basically, that's what drives me. I mean, you know, that, that they they are always there, and and uh, we don't see time passing, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's great though, because I also think that when you create though, it's really authentic. You don't feel. Mm-hmm like you have to just turn out stuff. And when you create it, like you're so focused on it Um, and it's something, it's time for you to do it. So it just turns out beautifully, you know? Yeah. um, Who's been a big influence on you and your career and, and why?
1: Well, I, I mean, you know, the natural thing to say would, to, would be to say Eric Romer, of course. Yes, <laughs> but, but I mean, me of else. course, that <laughs> I learned so many, so much from him. We, we've just come back from his hometown in the middle of France just this weekend on his centennial celebrations. But that's professionally, yes, that is true. Uh, but I, I, I would, I would. I would go with a few more names, I think. Um, Marguerite, Duras. Uh, Marguerite Duras was a big, big influence with Alain Rene in the early days when they made uh, Hiroshima Mon Amour. You should yes, know, you yes. know this. <laughs> yes, that was, I pasted that text all over my bedroom. All over, yes, yes, yes. University uh and Virginia Woolf and uh, the d- different writers I think different writers a nice name uh Patti Smith uh and and experimental filmmakers like Maya Deren mm-hmm, in fact mm-hmm. like a, more like a, you know like a, a certain generation of women women creators and dancers and musicians and, compo- mm-hmm. and composers and so so I would say it's like come from everywhere
0: Uh, do you think that you have uh, the ability to grasp and to uh, put together like different art forms as a result of the um I guess the different environments and experiences that you've had as an individual do you think that that helps with like creative um like sealing your like creative project
1: quite definitely yeah yeah I mean I mean in in this Particular short film. In fact, we had a lot of fun. I was working with a very uh, talented music composer in Hong Kong because the film was shot in Hong Kong. Uh, uh, and and basically, we had fun making up a song that is both in Cantonese and in French. You you hear it in the film. Uh, so music and and. Dance, I think it's, uh, it's important because uh, the, my second feature way back was about the dancer. So definitely I, I use different different art forms and I want to continue to use different art forms in, in my films, uh, maybe the next 10 years.
0: <laughs> That's great, I love it. <laughs> um, so Mary, what have you been working on actually uh, these past few months during the pandemic and what has changed for you um either in terms of thought process in terms of work processes i mean if anything has anything changed uh
1: yes i think so i mean i mean i was i was just uh talking to you just now about editing and that i have always i mean i've been editing young filmmakers films and that we have a habit already of working with hard drives in a little bit like a long distance kind of thing. But this pandemic just made it necessary to work that way. Um because I came back from my I, I travel a lot, but I came back from Hong Kong in December after working on the feature from of Anhui over there. Um, who who just got a Life Achievement Award in Venice just now. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, I was watching Uh, that. Oh, I was there. <laughs> Did you see me? <laughs> no, uh, no, I was supposed to be there physically, but I was yes. there virtually because that was official media actually for Okay, you should have year. been there
1: physically then I would have met you.
0: And also Toronto International Film Festival. That yeah. was like completely virtual, but okay, next time we have we have yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah, one of yeah. the festivals and then we can yeah. talk some Japanese and have some good Japanese. Exactly, exactly.
1: Time, so. <laughs> So, so basically, I came back in December, and uh, and then the lockdown and everything happened in in February, March. So uh, now I'm editing a Japanese feature documentary that I should have been, or the editor should have been in Japan right now, or the director should be here. But we are doing this uh, on on of course on Zoom and on on uh, with a uh, hard drive. Uh, but on the other hand, it's a, it's a good process because that's that's how I work anyway. I mean, like I, I always say that I talk a lot with the director beforehand, and then I would uh, I would translate his ideas into like a, a a work, and it's like it's like it's like a midwife, you know, helping him or her give birth kind of thing. But you know, like uh, yeah. So so really, basically, I I like working long distance already. So uh, this this might help. Actually, this might help the director to accept it.
0: Yeah. You know what's interesting? You said you came back um, to Paris in December. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff going on between Hong Kong and China at that time. Right? All those riots and... Yes, all that stuff, and then, oh, then we, like we
1: edited one. we edited the film during the, for four months exactly during that time.
0: Yeah, that was like a crazy time. I yeah. totally remember that time. Yeah, um, because also like the end of December, um, one of my uh, innovation pioneers that I used to uh, work with, she came to train with me in Germany when I was working um at a corporate headquarters here she's uh from shanghai and Mm -hmm. you know every year i go to the also the consumer electronics show to see what cool electronic gadgets are there to 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 inspire and spark creativity and good health and for us to eat healthy in the future and all that stuff and it's so interesting because i convinced her to tell her boss or ask her boss if she could come over to the states earlier before Uh her meeting what yeah. she was going to have in the States anyway, they were going to bring everybody over. And she right. like really like left right before the whole like thing right. blew up about yeah. COVID-19. So what I think was interesting was, so she was flying over and then we met uh, in Vegas for the conference, but she's like, you know, stuff is going on. Yes. And, and I don't know it's really but it was weird. I mean, to see like the transformation, like from uh, like, continent to continent and then like how different people in parts of different parts of the world it's still like they didn't get that something was going on like it was just weird for me to have my mind and like have relationships happening on all these different like continents and then people like some people like ah, just on the beach drinking their mai tais and like i'm like you know we should be paying attention like there's something going on like you know in Hong Kong and China, there's like something going on, and, but something everybodys going like, on. Yeah. yeah, but everyone was just like, "Oh, that's just over there. That's not gonna impact us or change exactly. the way we work or create or whatever so I, I mean think, I just but I think that, that that's what I was saying
1: in the very beginning that was, that is what is frustrating to us now. I mean, there is something in the beginning of this of this pandemic in Europe that that they, there's a little bit of arrogance there. That they didn't they didn't want to listen they didn't want to see what was happening in Asia and how Asia was dealing with it
0: mhm had I, <laughs> yeah I mean that's true, and it's kind of like I feel like it was kind of one of those things like that's just happening in Asia yeah. that yeah. can't and won't happen yeah. here, right exactly. And and this is actually what I think is really interesting about everything because it happened and started in Asia, but then immediately they had like pop up hospitals and had everybody confined and had everybody. I remember uh, when my friend went back to Shanghai, like for 20 days or everybody all of a sudden had like a doorman like a doorman that was taking note of when you were coming when you were leaving, you could only go to the grocery stores or be out within a certain number of hours. Like, I mean, immediately that stuff was on lockdown. Whereas, you know, you look at all the other spaces and this is, I think what sometimes happens like in creativity. And this is why I wanted to ask you and ask you the question, like how has your creativity, like has like all this like unrest, has it sparked like a different type of like motivation or inspiration of creativity from within you? Or is it a time of reflection and harvesting uh, to maybe create something different?
1: Well, I think future. that, that, that uh, uh, I, um, I, well, I talked with quite a few friends and we all have this feeling that we came out of this period uh, <clears throat> really with the focus of doing something for ourselves. I'm yes. Sure that definitely, uh, it's time to do something because we don't know what's happening tomorrow. I mean, would anybody have imagined at Christmas time last year that for most of this year, where we're, we're sort of uh, handicapped, we are not not able to function properly? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's time to do something, yeah, and and not not, you know, we I think we all get the feeling that we shouldn't be living the way that we did uh, without thinking about, you know, wasting and uh, and doing all kinds of unnecessary things. Uh, yeah,
0: that's yeah. a great lead to the next question, which <laughs> is, <laughs> how do you think female filmmakers actually can shape and mold? The future of, of, of cinema, but I'm going to throw in there also the future of the world. <laughs> right.
1: Yes. Future of the world. Yes, I, I've heard a lot about the the, the places, the countries that did mo- the best during the pandemic are uh, uh, countries run by women. Um, yes. Uh, no, actually, I think that you know, I mean, I I think that women have a different voice. Definitely. I mean, we do have a different voice. We we do see things differently but i don't I've, i mean i've been in this for decades so so uh, i i don't want uh, people to get into a ghetto i mean definitely i don't I don't think that uh i think there should be some some balance in in terms of uh, getting women's voices heard but i i don't think that we should we should um, be segregated i mean we, we you know i think we that, should.
0: We should be inclusive.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, We should be inclusive. with the. I think now is like that time, you know? Yeah. I think for many years, decades, you know, we've always been like fighting for our voice and fighting for our right. rights. But I think that this is what's also interesting about COVID. It's kind of like the underdog is like kind of overtaken, like the people that were like on top just because right. like, you know, they I think they were able to to harvest and preserve all of their like skills and talents because no one ever like looked to them to do anything. And then mm-hmm. like how like this has built and, and brought upon this opportunity for these people who were like either the introverts of the world yeah. or the thinkers to all of a sudden, like a call to action. It's kind of like a calling and the changing of the guards.
1: Also, I think that the the whole pandemic thing during the lockdown, you know, a lot of people were locked down with their families. so either it's like a big uh, clashes or they realize how precious it is that we don't spend enough time. I mean, I was was, uh, spending like three months looking after my grandson
0: yeah, and uh-huh. it gave you more family time, right? Yes, yes, absolutely.
1: And yeah, and but, I think... Yeah, I would be like, you know, like flying all over the world uh, working.
0: Yeah, and not taking the time to be with your loved ones. This goes yeah. back to that point that you said that this has allowed people to take time to do things for themselves and to mm-hmm. do things for those that they love. And I think also to realize what's important to them from a work perspective and a personal perspective. I mean, so in that sense, I mean, it's kind of been like that aha moment and that we've all probably needed as we just were flying all over the world, like you said, doing stuff, but was it stuff that we really needed to do or that added value or balance to our lives? Yeah. So I think the women in in cinema, I mean, I think that though the voices I think you guys as like women, the voices have always been there, but they may not have been heard. And I was listening to you about how you spent all those years and you spend time as an editor. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say as an editor, though, that is so much, uh, I think, power and shaping and molding in a different way that people may not pay attention to. Because yeah. when you edit something after you have all this like material. You're yes. still shaping and molding, actually, yes. in our future. It's yes, <laughs> a, it a
1: writing process, because I do a lot of feature documentaries as well, that's really interesting as a creative writing process. And in fact, you, you know, you were mentioning Toronto, because I remember that many, several decades ago, I was a special guest at the Rio Asian uh, festival, yes.
0: I helped them with development like a long time yeah, ago, like three maybe years in.
1: You were there because uh, then Cameron Bailey interviewed me <laughs> on stage, and he said something about you know at that time there was not a lot of. Um, he he said something about my first film that I was the missing link between somebody and somebody, but I forgot who. who yeah,
0: but was. wasn't this around like two thousand ten, two thousand
1: eleven? Before even before.
0: Okay, but w- they had just like been around for like three or four years, I think, at that time or something like that. Yes, so you it's, were about, at...
1: it's about this, this the third or fourth year. Or... Yes,
0: yes, yes. That was yeah. a great film <laughs> festival. I love that festival. Yeah. So, um, yes,
1: yeah, so so I, I'm just thinking that now, 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 now things have evolved. I mean, in terms of, especially when you think about Asian women's voices, I mean, like, you know, I mean, you just have, just now uh in venice you yes, uh, said chloe chow had just won the and yeah. and, and it's a, like the thing is that um we 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 were i mean i'm so happy for them but, but and the road was
0: long you know yes where? it was a long way but it, yeah. you know i think like with the help of others like eventually like the 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 voices got and all the hard work kind of came to the forefront versus being hidden in the background, you know, and I think it's also a mixture of like, um, like diversifying like the people that you work with. Right. And people like it's a mixture of you being good at your crap and what you're doing, and then also yeah. people that are getting a lot of attention, and then bringing them together, which right. is also a good lead to my next question. Oh, okay, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> which is if you could work with uh, yeah. one person that you admire in the industry, who would it be? I was I I, I knew that I I took a lot of
1: notes on that one because <laughs> I said. <that. laughs> Because I, I I wrote down that I have the good fortune to work a long time with Eric Romer and then recently miss Eric. Way.
0: We got to move Eric. So I time. no
1: longer have these dreams, you know, like <laughs> I don't have these dreams. But actually, it would be the other way around because nowadays, I mean, for the last fifteen, for the last ten years, I've worked a lot with younger filmmakers, like yeah. first and second films, and. The question is really it the other way, you know like uh, i I love working with young filmmakers because it's not just there is a of course, there's a mothering instinct, a nurturing instinct in me, but on the other hand, I think that that they give me so much that yeah. if i if if I still want to make my own films and that I'm still motivated and inspired to make my own films it's because I work with younger filmmakers. Uh, and so it's a, it's a very interesting giving and taking kind of uh situation. And so I think who's, in some ways, I mean, Eric Romer inspired me in that because he only worked with younger people.
0: Okay, that Eric, we're going to kick Eric to the side for a second. <laughs> um, so let's uh, get, okay, so uh, wh- who's a young filmmaker that you think we should keep our eyes on that you enjoy working with right now? Oh
1: dear. Uh-huh well if if i say one the other would not be happy so, No, no
0: I, no, I, but no, work, no no i mean
1: yeah i, I work a lot with uh, with hong kong filmmakers so i'm i am working with different different filmmakers there there's one adam wong he's coming out with uh, with a new hip hop film just oh really uh, i, uh, I want to see yeah, that yes yes and then uh Jesse chang I'm, I'm starting another film with her uh Emma's Why. I'm starting another film. It's it's like uh, all the Hong Kong young filmmakers, younger filmmakers. Siu Bong Wong. He he's starting another documentary. I mean, like things. People think of, that things are not happening in Hong Kong.
0: No, there's a lot of stuff happening. In yes, I there's, love a, lot happening and in there's a lot of stuff
1: happening. And there's a
0: lot of stuff going on as well with the, uh, you know, the Hong Kong development. I'm, I'm on their yes. list. You know, they are yes. investing a lot in uh, yes. community yes. and yes. voices yes. and innovation, innovation
1: yes. in film. Yes, yes. My, 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 one of my children's, I mean, my son-in-law works in, uh, I mean, she does, they do, my daughter and him do a lot of VR an AR work. And um, so, uh, like, I love all these kind of new, new stuff. technologies. Yeah. Yes, I like absolutely. them too. And, but to come back to young filmmakers somebody to watch out for, I think there are quite a few that I haven't worked with, but that Hamaguchi, for example, in Japan, <laughs> like <yeah. laughs> I, we just screened one of his films in the Eric Romer Centennial. It's passion. His first, uh, his, uh, his, uh, his uh, graduate film, I, mean, it's just, I just saw it again for the third time, it just blew me away again.
0: That's great. So I think we all know who to go to if we want to know like who in Hong Kong is like, hot and, and next, next up. So I think yeah. I know Like I'm going to have to send you some emails and be like, hey, who should sure. we keep an eye on that's coming out of Hong Kong? I think you're yeah. a great resource to keep us all informed on that. And Cambodia and and Thailand and uh, and Myanmar, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it, that region. Okay, you're going to be our Asian resource, <laughs> <laughs> emerging like Asian film <laughs> our resource. Okay, so Barry, um, what's a question that uh, you would like to be asked that no one ever asked you? No, that's that's the one that I thought. Not sure. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. what. we can we, we can turn it around. What do you want to tell people? That maybe they don't want to hear. No, <laughs> uh,
1: no, I do, really don't know. I Words really... of
0: advice for up and coming filmmakers?
1: Just do it. I yeah, mean, definitely just, just, just do it.
0: it. You type yeah. Nike. Set. <laughs> I think the advice would be
1: think for yourself because I I, I do a lot of coaching uh, nowadays, and and, um, and I'm not. I, I think it's great. I mean, I think those those all the forums and the workshops are great. Uh, but sometimes I see that they take away this uh, initiative that we used to have because we had to fight a lot. You know? yeah. and, uh, I, just, I, I just think sometimes, wow, they're such good students. It's good to absorb, but then you know, I think that you really have to then, then think for yourself and, and not necessarily do things in the mainstream.
0: I absolutely agree. I mean, we've learned that like it's yes. like we need options. Yeah. And options um only come about if you're not conforming.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And innovation, that's how ideas come. So what's next for you?
1: I'm making another, uh, I'm going to be making, I want to make a whole series of these shorts about, I mean, always the same theme about a woman who goes to look for a dream and then realizes that that is another thing that she, she got during the journey. So it's sort of like a self mocking kind of thing. I really love this kind of, you know, this distance of, uh, of mocking oneself. Uh, and I'm also working on this, Project, I think a fake documentary project about Virginia Woolf and my family name in China, uh, but it's been it's an ongoing project for the last two decades. And it actually happens. Of course, I can't shoot it this year because it actually happens in Wuhan, in this city where the pandemic started. Oh
0: my gosh! Are yes. you serious?
1: Yes, I, I shot there uh, about uh, ten years ago, but uh, I was going back this year to shoot some more on that film. Uh, but I couldn't.
0: And you don't. You have to specifically go back there. No, There's not no, other places. I,
1: I, I no. It has to be that place because it really is. It's based on a fact uh, about Virginia Woolf's family in no,
0: that Oh, got you. Oh, wow. So yeah. when do you think you'll be able to wrap that one up?
1: No idea. No idea. But I, I may have to think about another way to do it. Like, 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 like what I was saying, you know, with AR or with animation or whatever. I mean, another one of my son is uh, an animator. So he's an yeah, there.
0: And maybe you can co-create with someone that is actually physically actually
1: there. there. I thought about that too. Yeah.
0: Very excited uh, to screen your film at this year's Female Filmmakers Festival here in Berlin. And I'm definitely going to stay in touch and find <laughs> out like the who's who in all the Asian countries, <laughs> <laughs> the young filmmakers. But thank you for joining us and have a great day. Oh, my gosh. That was just one of the great stories from one of this year's female directors who were featured in the Female Filmmakers Festival in Berlin. Wow. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the insights and the highlights from the festival. And we are so grateful to all of our many sponsors who helped make this special occasion happen this year. We wanna especially highlight the support we received from Jamison, Burlo, World Color Studio, McMahon Media, Bithouse Group, United 17 Ventures, Startup 42, Media, and Edom, And of course, the organizing team. Without them, none of this would have been possible. And last but not least, there would be nothing on the screen if there weren't female filmmakers who decided to take a chance on themselves and tell their stories the way that they wanted to tell it. We are very grateful for their creative multi-dimension talents and also their experiences that they share with us during this podcast. Please visit www.fffberlin.com, submit your films, align with us, and let's continue to find and amplify the voices of female filmmakers and music masters from across the globe. My name is Jewel Sparks. Thanks for tuning in to this year's Female Filmmakers Festival Women in Film podcast.